This is Edge Cases. I'm Andrew Pontius. And I'm Will French. And our topic today is accessibility. Oh. Yeah, yeah, it should be fun. Uh, now, the last time I asked, well, we, I guess we didn't talk about it beforehand the same way we didn't last time around. Um, do you have any follow-up? Um, actually, uh, apparently I've scared everyone with my sequential consistency uh, stuff. So, uh, That's right. Yes. Uh, we didn't I, get any follow-up on that. No follow-up mm. on that. So, yeah, we just can, we just can move, on, move on on. Well, I wonder if the follow-up will be out of order. You know, that they, maybe they've actually already sent us follow-up before <laughs> the episode started, and we just didn't notice it as such because we weren't looking for it. I like the way you think. Really? Because nobody else seems to. <laughs> um, anyway, okay, so for accessibility... Um, this is a uh, continuing, continuing our trend of topics that I am actually not an expert in, that I'm going to talk about anyway. Um, it is a it is a good thing. Uh, one of the good things about uh, being in a contracting company, as I am now, is that I get to work on on new things. Mm-hmm. So, for example, if I had an app where I, we the, the particular app didn't have a particular feature that I wanted to work on, but you know, but I was working on just that app at that company then I would just never get to work on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, for example, it might, that might last, you know, years and years. Uh, for maybe six years, just to pull that, you know, example out of the air. Whereas now that I'm, I'm sort of going from project to project, if I don't get to work on something at one project, you know, maybe the next time I'll get to work on it, maybe the time after that. So um, I have done my first uh, accessibility work uh, ever at, mm-hmm. at my current job. Mm-hmm. And that's um, and again, it's fun. It's fun to to, to learn about that stuff because I've been hearing it for a while. Uh, many of the developers whose blogs I read or whose podcasts I listen to have emphasized the importance of having good accessibility support in, right. in your application. And I've you know I've imbibed that. I've, I've internalized that. I think that I also think that's a good idea. Uh, they talk about it being you being a good citizen on the platform. Mm-hmm. And uh, and so I've wanted to to try it out, but I haven't necessarily had the chance. There are a number of uh, developer resources. Um, that I'm drawing on for this, in addition to my experience now, uh, there's the 2013 uh, WWC session, uh, 202 Accessibility in iOS, and I'm going to put a link to that in the show notes. And as usual, this is the link to the sort of the current videos. I think I've been through this already, yeah. possibly more than once. Um, but I'm going to put that. Could link you put a link in. to that explanation? Uh, <laughs> that would be pretty cool, wouldn't it? <laughs> like we can just do one podcast where all we do in that podcast is is that explanation. <laughs> of that problem. And they're okay, we'll just link to that every time. Um, there's also a uh, some documentation, accessibility programming guide for iOS, which um, is, is, you know, Apple, for some of their documentation, Apple, you know, just basically gives you a page where they, they restate the name of the methods as full phrases, right? <laughs> but, you know, for this, it's actually really well, well documented. They spend mm-hmm. a lot of time on it. So it's worth going through. Uh, and then actually, I think that, and then the other video is actually not a developer resource, although it actually came about during the developer conference. This was WWC 2012. If you remember, there was an introductory video there that um, that started with a man walking through a forest. Do you remember this? I oh. think I missed this. No, I don't know anything about this. Okay, do you, do you watch the WWC? I, I do, video? but apparently not that one. Oh, you know what? Oh, it was a keynote. Oh, it was wow, the keynote. Okay. Yeah, well, well, <laughs> that's okay. Is, it's okay. It's, it's, it's all right. It's, it's all right. It's, it's kind of markety, so it's like, oh, I can. It's not the technical yeah, meat, so I can absolutely. just bypass this. Yep, yep, yep. It makes sense. And this was also kind of markety. This was um, the first bit of this movie. Now, I actually haven't watched the whole WWC uh, keynote again. Um, I 
the, the full, there's this full video that's like seven minutes long, and I don't know if they played the whole thing, but the first piece of it was about an application called uh, Ariadne GPS, mm-hmm. which is uh, an app which can help people who are blind or visually impaired mm-hmm. have a sense of where they are. It uses GPS. Okay. Um, it gives you, you know, sort of audio feedback as to where you are and what's, what's around you. And so uh, now it was, you know, you said, what are marketing? The whole video was a bit, you know, sentimental in my, in my, not, you know, not bad, but just, mm-hmm. you know, I don't know, maybe, maybe laying it on kind of thick mm-hmm. for, for uh, an audience, which was mostly, you know, concerned about well, features and, and functionality and all those things. So it's, you know, very much a marketing ploy, but you know, it's also good. And, you know, I was thinking at the time, you know, well, would this have happened if, if Steve were alive? And, you know, it would have, because Apple has always had, you know, the, uh, a, a very, uh, uh, consumer oriented streak. Like they've definitely mm-hmm. made videos like this before and presented themselves like this before. Yeah. For better, or for worse. And I would argue for better. Sure. Um, but in any case, this thing was, was interesting because it did spend, you know, a couple minutes on this application and showing how iOS, uh, devices can be very helpful to people with, uh, with, uh, disabilities. Mm-hmm. Uh, now it wasn't the whole video. There was like seven minutes and this was only like the first two, but it was interesting. You know, they started off with that. Now that was about sort of making sort of the rest of the world more accessible to people with disabilities. But mm-hmm. I'm going to be talking in this podcast episode about, you know, interacting with the device itself when you have uh, disabilities or, or, you know, the APIs to do so. And so you'd think that with a touchscreen, uh, unlike devices which have a more physical interface, like a keyboard or a mouse or whatever, mm-hmm. that it would actually be harder, right? If you're visually impaired, especially that because right. there's, there's no, there's no uh, tactile feedback as to what right, you're doing. Right, right. We don't even have the haptic screens like some other the other uh, portable right. phones have. Yeah, right. So you, you know, you got one button, right? What can you do with one button? But in fact, instead of making it harder, it actually makes it easier because these other devices, which have uh, interfaces built in physically they can't rejigger themselves, readjust themselves and become something entirely new to someone who needs a different kind of interface. Whereas mm-hmm. with the, the touchscreen, you know, buttons might be a certain way when you're, when you know you can see them and you might have an entirely different interface when, when you don't need them or need something different. So in fact, it can actually be really, be really useful and really interesting. And, I, and I've heard this, I've heard people talk about this, that, that uh, iPhones were actually a really great step forward for, for people with, with disabilities. And so, of course, what you do with that, with, with a lot of these APIs that we get, we're going to go through, is they can make an interface which is therefore not tactile at all, or not, doesn't require you to be tactile, doesn't require you to be able to see it, but can, can speak it, can do a lot of it in, in audible format. And again, that's very helpful. Uh, one thing that I, when I've heard people talk about this, uh, one consideration that came to me was how that's that's a that's a great idea, but it's also you have to be careful that you don't make it sort of an entirely different kind of OS that you need to spend as much time making work as you would the rest of your interface. That in fact, what you what you want to make sure is that you you it, it's practical to do this. That you're not the uh, the metaphor that came to mind was Mac versus PC, mm-hmm. where uh, you know you've got uh, people primarily making a PC application. And then you say, oh, hey, now you want to make a Mac version of that. And the people running the company say, well, you know, Macs are only 10%. If that, you know, there were 5%, 3% for a while of our user base. We don't want to have to spend 
you know, all this time, you know, you're saying we need to make a whole new app, we need to make a whole new interface, we need to, you know, use sort of max sensibility on it and, and all this other stuff. You know, we don't have time to do that. We can't spend the same amount of time we spend on the PC version, making the Mac version. And so I think it's the same kind of thing here. You really can't spend the same amount of time uh, making a new interface for a much smaller fraction of the population. But the good news is that you don't need to do that, that Apple actually uh, seems to put a lot of uh, effort into making it such that it's quite easy when you have standard interfaces. And even if you don't, uh, adding this extra support in without needing to spend um, lots of extra time on it. Mm -hmm. So I mentioned the, uh, the developer resources, and um, I'm also going to use uh, an application called UI Catalog during this. Actually, I'm, I'm actually hoping to give sort of a live demo. We'll see if that works. Um, that, uh, that has all of these um, examples of all of these standard controls for uh, UIKit. And again, I'm talking entirely about iOS this time, not, not about Mac at this point. Um, so, but if you go into UIKit, if you use these resources to figure this stuff out, you'll see the first thing they point you to is uh, UIAccessibility.h, mm -hmm. which is a header in UIKit. And it has an informal protocol for UI accessibility. Now, informal protocols are just categories on NS object. Mm -hmm. They used to be used all over the place because you sometimes need a protocol where you don't need to implement every method in it. Mm -hmm. uh, you may want to just oh, implement these two, implement these three, but you know, out of 10. And before with protocols, you either had to implement all of them or you get warnings. Mm -hmm. And of course, Apple changed this in Objective-C 2.0 to allow you to have uh, optional methods in protocols. So what's interesting is that it is a informal protocol in UIKit when UIKit doesn't need that anymore. And the way I see it is informal protocols, when they are still used anywhere in Apple's APIs, are, a, in, are an indication of uh, uh, sort of uh, messy history. Um, because you need it for some reason, which is not just technical, which is also some sort of historical, organizational. And uh, in this case, uh, I was actually a little surprised to learn that uh, accessibility, the accessibility APIs, were only added in iOS 3. They, they didn't actually ship with it when they shipped um, you know, in iOS 2, when they allowed people to make apps with it. And that's a little interesting to me. I, I would have thought that Apple would have consider this part of how to sell, you know, their app, how to make their app, their, make their OS, make their devices, uh, uh, you know, uh, stand above everybody else. They would have added it at the beginning. But of course, you know, I guess they just didn't get to it. So it says to me that they probably made it an informal protocol because it was too much work or too much interdepartmental cooperation that was needed to, you know, make everybody change all their headers to make it a, a, a formal protocol that everybody uses. What's interesting here is, so there's a bunch of properties on it. UI accessibility, and they're settable. <laughs> and, and that took me a minute to, to sort of, you know, wait, this is a protocol or this is a category. How can you have data associated with a category? But there is, so there's, there's a bunch of pro uh, properties. And what I assume is that they, either they actually, under the hood, NS object actually ha has, uh, uh, you know, variables set aside for this, just for every object that you ever make ever, anywhere, or they're using associative objects for this. But that's interesting to me because I thought associative objects were rather heavyweight. Mm -hmm. So making something that's that heavyweight be something that everybody has to use for their stuff is, is interesting. It's an interesting um, way to go. 
And what they keep, what I keep seeing through the documentation is, well, there's these things are categories on NS object, but really mostly you use them as part of UI view. So it might be that like UI view actually implements this stuff in a way that doesn't require associative objects, and you only will wind up using the associative objects implementation of it with um, your own very very custom objects. So I, I have not tested it. I don't know, uh, but it's an interesting thing to think about. So again, there are a bunch of properties. And the first is, is accessibility element, which is a Boolean. And again, there's, there's sort of the default value, and then there's the UI kit control value. And the UI kit control value is, is yes, by default. Um, every view, um, and every view, I guess every control, mm -hmm. actually not views, but every control, uh, button, uh, label, uh, table view cell, is going to say yes to this by default, unless you turn it off. Um, but then if you have something which is completely different, then, then it will say no by default. Uh, the next one is accessibility label. And for UI kit controls, um, it's derived from the title. So if you button which says, uh, you know, play, then the label will be play. And what they say in the, in the again, very uh, uh, detailed documentation is this is ideally one word or, or at most a very short phrase. Mm. So, you know, play, uh, stop, uh, uh, I don't know what, submit, whatever. Mm. Um, and they say, you know, capitalize the first word and don't include the type in it. Because when they say the thing aloud, they'll actually say what kind of thing it is. So, mm. you know, play, button. Um, so, you know, you don't want to say play button, button. And I mm -hmm. think the, the phrasing in that was actually kind of interesting. You know, they say, well, if you include things which mean there's going to be a lot of repetition when they say these things aloud, you may discourage people from using your application, mm -hmm. which I thought was <laughs> an interesting thing for them to put in, you know, hey, okay, don't be stupid. <laughs> you know, this may affect your bottom line. My people will recommend your app. And it's a very tactful way of putting that too. <laughs> it is, it is, it is. Um, and uh, did I say capitalize, capitalizing the first word? And a lot of things they mention about, you know, how to set these things up are, are uh, mentioned in the context of making sure that uh, the, the voiceover can, can say them well. And they talk about inflection, which I think is very interesting. We'll have a, a little bit more to say that at the end of, of this list here. Then there's the accessibility value, which is, um, so you might have a, a, a switch, for example, it can be on or off, or a slider, which can be a certain value of a certain range of values. So you'll want to have the title say, you know, volume or, or um, accessibility, for example. You're turning on or off accessibility in your, in your settings. But then the actual current value of it is, is, is different than the label. So then that's, there's that too. Uh, then there's the accessibility hint. And they say in the documentation, well, you probably don't need this. You know, don't, don't give everything a hint. Uh, but if you do need it, make it a phrase that says what, what the darn thing is going to do. So if you have an item which says, uh, you know, purchase, well, purchase is probably, eh, well, okay, some of the examples of it is uh, downloads the attachment or purchases the item. And so you should, again, start it with a capital letter and end it with a period. And again, that's supposed to help with inflection. Um, uh, uh, and, you know, it's, again, pretty thorough about this. You know, they say, you know, maybe you want to keep the phrase short, but you don't want to make it so short that it's not as understandable. So, you know, their examples are purchase the item. Well, you could say purchase item, but that might make it a little, you know, when you're just sort of browsing through all this stuff, well, purchase item. Well, which item, right? Mm -hmm. If there's, and, you know, it's, it's about, uh, you know, nuances here. Like the item makes it sound like, well, there was another item, another thing that refers to an item that you should then 
consider this to be part of, right? So it's all kind of getting the nuances right. And again, there's a bunch of a bunch of uh, paragraphs about about how to set this up. Uh, the next one is accessibility traits, and this one is also kind of interesting. It's a it's a a mask of, of it's a bit field, and uh, so some of the bits are set to the uh, type of the item. So you can have a button type, you can have a link type, uh, an image type, or even uh, a static text. Just so you know, like so it'll read. The, the labels of things, and it, but it will tell you that it, oh, this was a label. This is what that's supposed to be, the function that that's supposed to be for you. So you know that you, you know, tap, tapping it won't do any good. Um, but then they kind of or that together with uh, a couple of other things. Uh, well, actually, maybe just one thing. They, selected is another bit of this thing. So it's interesting to me that they kind of put together both the immutable type of the thing and the state of it. So, you know, you have a selected button, for example, if that's what, what you currently have selected. In, in your UI. Uh, and then they also have to, they have to put some effort into saying, well, you know, don't, don't smush together things like, you know, so you get selected plus button. Well, that's logical. But, you know, button plus search field. Uh, uh, no, no. It can't be both a button and a search field. Well, <laughs> it would be very weird if it were. So, you know, it's, it's kind of the, the limitations of how they had to set this up. They didn't want to make an entirely new property for just selected. So they smushed it in with the rest of the stuff. But that leads you to the ability to do kind of stupid things with it. So they say, don't do stupid things with it, even though we got you. Um, and so, and it's also interesting that this list of traits, list of things that you could be, is not a full list of all of the controls that you could have either. You're supposed to sort of simplify uh, your, your, the larger list of controls that you could have down to just these things. So, for example, if you, if you turn on voiceover and you go to your lock screen, the lock screen has that slide to the right to unlock your screen, mm-hmm. whereas that actually is just a button if you turn on voiceover. You, know, you, just, ah. you just double-click it to do that. And that, that makes sense. You know, the, the, the whole point of the slide is, is you know, you're, if, if you do, if you can, you know, have full visual acuity and, and, and tactile acuity, you know, oh, hey, it's, it's part of the visual interface for that to slide it in one direction. But why, why include that complication for someone for whom that's not going to help them at all? And then the, let's see, two more things. Um, one is accessibility frame. So what's interest, what was interesting to me when I first started looking into this was while this is meant for people who are either blind or, or visually impaired, um, there's still a sense of place in your control. So if you can see well enough to tap things, you can tap on the control where it is on your screen. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, you do that by saying, well, well where do you say your, your frame is? But of course, frame is just a, a rectangle. And if you want something more custom than that, in iOS 7, there is an accessibility path. So if you really want something kind of weird looking, you know, a circle or a mm-hmm. squiggly line, I don't know. Whenever Apple gives us these things, most people, <laughs> the first people to use it often tend to abuse it. But sure. I would be curious what, what, if someone has done something kind of interesting and, and useful with, with accessibility path now that it's available. And then the last one is accessibility language. And this was interesting for me because of some of the other things that, that we were just talking about, where they spend so much time making sure that, that the inflection of words is, is correct for people, that it's, it's as useful as it can be, as correct as it can be for something that is um, you know, done entirely uh, automatically. And that's kind of all going to get thrown away if your labels are in English, but the person is using French. Mm-hmm. So if you, if you haven't 
localize your application, you can still say, well, you know, the accessibility language for this is, you know, English or whatever your language is. And that way, you know, let's say they know French, but they know a little bit of English. Well, at least they'll have the best chance they can get of understanding the English because it will be pronounced as English language. So, I, you know, I like that. I like that, uh, that capability there. Um, so that's just for the, the individual elements of your UI. Um, there's also a container hierarchy that exists, and that is uh, represented by the UI accessibility container uh, uh, informal protocol. And that's also an informal protocol on an subject in the same way the, the UI accessibility was. It's only got three methods. It's got an accessibility element count and accessibility element at index and index of accessibility element. So you can go mm -hmm. from, uh, from index to something or from something to its index. Um, and this is impl implemented for you in UI view. So, uh, and I believe what it does is it, it goes through its subviews and it says, well, for each subview that is, has, is accessible element turned on, well, then that will consider that to be part of the list. And if it's turned off, then it won't, again, doing, doing as much of the work for you as they can, which is neat. Um, but this is also the access point for you to do something custom if you need to. So let's say instead of using regular buttons, um, you use entirely custom UI that is, you know, you draw on the screen yourself. You just right. don't use anything, anything uh, regular. Well, then in the view that includes that, you override these methods and you say, well, even though there aren't any subviews in here, I'm going to say there are, let's say, two elements in it. Mm -hmm. And then uh, and for the first element, I'll, I'll, I'll give you something that represents it. And for the second element, I'll give you something that represents it. Now, what do you use to represent those items? Uh, I think in the, in the documentation, and I've also heard other people mention it like this, they talk about fake accessibility elements because you're faking, you're, you're putting an, uh, an element that, um, that represents something on the screen, but it's not, a, it's not that thing anymore. Um, I don't know if I would consider it really fake now that I'm kind of thinking about it now, but in any case, there is the UI accessibility element class, and it doesn't inherit directly from the UI accessibility protocol, but of course that makes sense because it's not actually a protocol. Uh, and it is an NS object, I believe, inherits from, and it has all of those same properties um, declared. And again, one of the ways they make it around not having to use associative objects is because you know, UI view can implement all this stuff, and then if you want your sort of fake object, you use this UI accessibility class also, that may also have that stuff implemented as regular uh, IVARs instead of uh, associative objects, and that will make that easier. And so, yes, yeah, so you can you can do whatever you want here. You know, you you might have you know you might even have some subviews in your in your custom UI, but you don't have to actually then use them as accessibility elements. You can make your own completely. And I found that to be very uh, uh, very customizable, very useful. Um, and I believe the the WWDC session does talk about using those, um, you know, as part of, as part of making custom UI work. Uh, I'm not going to go into it in, in any more detail myself right now. Uh, but one thing I wanted to mention about that, one thing that, that occurs to me and that concerns me is what you have here is, you know, two, what you could have here is two entirely separate trees of, of objects. You know, you have your, your UI view tree of, of views and subviews, and you could have an entirely separate tree of um, you know, UI accessibility element objects that represent the things in the, in the view tree or, or, or don't or, or sort of similar but not entirely similar. What I can see happening in your application is, well, it mostly matches because you're mostly using the standard stuff. 
But then there's those those um, instances of deep polish where you say, okay, most of the places I'm just going to use standard behavior, but to really get our app to look the absolute best it can do, the, you know, the little extra uh, uh, touches that will make you know, everybody really like our app, those are probably going to be custom or some kind of custom aspect to it. You're going to do, do things a little differently than you might have otherwise. What's likely to happen in that case, which again, I think is the most common case for, for good apps, is a new maintainer comes in and says, hey, these are all the same. I can go around and change the views without having to worry about double-checking the accessibility elements. And then, you know, months later, when they're trying to ship the app, they spend days trying to figure out, well, why is accessibility stopped working in these couple of cases? So I, it is something that I, I, I'm a little concerned with that they provide these two, you know, parallel trees here, two parallel sets of objects. And I can see why they did it. They wanted to make it such that if you have a completely custom UI, that not, no UI views at all, that you can still make it work. But I think in practice, it's unlikely that you are uh, using something which is not UI view based in some fashion. I think it might have been a better route to not make them NS object based categories, but maybe UI view based categories. I don't hmm. know, something to think about. Because I think, I think it really does feel like this is this is a, a maintenance concern, a maintenance smell. I think actually, um, but you know, also it gets the job done for now, and so we'll see. As I get more experience, I, I may, you know, who knows? I may have follow up at some point about either something like this, where where I find a very specific case where like, wow, this never works, or a case where I say, you know, hey, this seems this has seemed to work over the last couple of years, so maybe I can come back and 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 prove myself wrong, prove myself too much of a of a pessimist. But, you know, I've rarely proved myself too much of a pessimist. So. <laughs> there we go. Okay, so I've got a bunch of odds and ends. That is the main part of it. Mm -hmm. A bunch of odds and ends um, uh, here. And the first one is that the, the, you know, the one thing you get from this, and again, it's sort of it's this idea of parallelization, is that the, the label doesn't have to be the same thing as, as your view title. They can be different. And I have uh, had one case where, um, for a particular button title, we were localizing it, and the localization uh, was long. It's particularly a very long phrase. And so we had to uh, chop it, you know, uh, not truncate, uh, wrap it over two, two lines. Mm -hmm. And so we had a, a little dash in there as well. So I actually spent some time, which was not very well spent time, you know, trying to find a dash that would not trip up voiceover. Oh, yeah. And... You know, somebody finally said, uh, hey, stupid, uh, just put a string in the accessibility label that doesn't have the dash in it, mm -hmm. you know, and you're done. And they're like, oh, yeah, all right. So, so you know, that, it, it's nice to have that kind of, you know, it's parallelization, but sometimes it comes in very handy. And it, it means that you don't have to do more heroic efforts. And, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm all against heroic efforts. So there you <laughs> go. Uh, no hero, no hero. Yeah, you are the anti-hero. <laughs> You're, you are the Walter White of Coco. Um, <laughs> new title. Um, <laughs> and I've seen some weird bugs with, um, with voiceover. Um, and I guess I didn't really go through voiceover. Um, voiceover uh, is, you know, when you turn it on, it, it, um, it speaks aloud. All of this data, actually, you know, I guess I did kind of skip over that. You know, the, the reason to have all of this data, the reason to have all of this metadata, really, about your, your views uh, to have some way of describing it, which is not entirely based on how it looks, is for interfaces like VoiceOver. 
mm-hmm. and you turn on voiceover. And I know there are some people who say, you know, you should, you should do triple tap to turn on voiceover so that it's very easy for you to test accessibility in your application. I think Marco said that, and other people have done the same thing. I, I found that triple tapping that um, makes it too easy to turn it on, so I found that too annoying. But uh, in fact, in iOS 7, you can ask Siri to turn on voiceover for you. Okay. And so there, at least you're not you know, navigating to settings and turning it on and navigating back. And especially because once you turn on voiceover, it's more difficult to move around um, uh, because mm. you've got to do all the stuff to make it work. Um, so it's nice to have sort of one step to turn on and then one step to turn off. And uh, let's see, so voiceover will go through um, the elements in your application and it's still geometry-based. Uh, I believe what it does is it actually goes through them in, in order, you know, top to bottom. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm not positive. It might actually be sort of uh, 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 like Z, Z order-based, right? Because you've got, you know, your, your first uh, sub-view and a view is the one that's, that's on top, I believe, and then going on down. And so normally, in, if you make a zip, for example, the ones at the top are also the ones, at the top of the list are also the ones that are at the top in the XY coordinates, but, but not always. So I have to look into that to make sure. But it's, it's certainly related to that. And it's also related to containment. Um, and so you can still tap things into voiceover and then it will, it will uh, put a little, a little focus ring around it and it will say what it is. It'll say that phrase, all the, all the information we were just talking about gathering. Um, but if you can't do that, if you're totally blind and so you, you know, tapping um, on things on screen wouldn't really help you all that much. You can swipe from left to right, and that will take you to the next uh, item mm-hmm. in your UI, and swipe from right to left, and then go in the opposite direction, go up versus down. Oh, okay. And that's how, um, you know, I've spent, when I was testing accessibility, you know, you spend a lot of time doing that, because you want to make sure that you got the, 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 the order right for things. So, you know, you, you swipe and then it starts saying a thing and then you swipe again and swipe again and swipe again when you're trying to get to a particular point. And, you know, it can get a little kind of annoying, you know, it's just ongoing repetition of the same things over and over and over again. Um, so I tend to not want to leave that on all the time uh, for it. But again, it's, you know, what else do you do, right? Like you do need to have that information set every time. You can't, uh, like I know like in, in text adventure games, because, you know, I had that thing about text adventure games. Um, when you go to a room the first time, it gives you the whole description. When you go to it subsequent times, it doesn't give you the whole description anymore. Mm-hmm. It leaves that out. So, you know, to make it a little easier for you, you know, if you're, if you're wandering around over and over again, you don't have to keep reading the same thing. You can't really do that with an, an audio interface because you, know, you, you can't say, well, well, you heard this before. You don't need to hear this again. Well, maybe you did, but maybe you didn't. And how would you tell the interface that? So in any case... Um, uh, so you can do that. You can, you can, you can swipe, 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 swipe. Okay, now I'm at the thing that I want to do something with. Now I can double tap on it. And what's interesting is that the double tap doesn't have to be on that item because, of course, you might not be able to see it. You can just double tap anywhere. But because it's got this notion of focus, which you don't oh. really normally have otherwise, mm-hmm. that double tap will make, will make it do the thing. And that, so that's voiceover. Um, and I actually find, I was looking at voiceover, I actually find voiceover to be you know, pretty hard to use in certain cases because, you know, for example, uh, using voiceover in Springboard, when you have to, you know, page left and right to the different, you know, uh, views of apps in your, in your, that you've set up, you know, that's the, you have to swipe up and down to do that. Once you've selected the paging control, you have to swipe mm-hmm. up and down. I kept getting the swipe wrong. Like I, mm-hmm. I keep sure. selecting an app instead of swiping. Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, it can be very frustrating. But I guess if you're if you're used to this, then you're you know you're probably pretty 
pretty handy with it. You could probably get it, get it right. Yeah, it, it, it strikes me as a muscle memory thing. But it does take some time to, to get used mm-hmm. to that. Um, and I no longer remember how, how that got started. Oh, so that's voiceover. And so that's one way that they can use it. There's actually a new thing in iOS 7. I believe it's called Switch Control. Have yeah, you heard of this? Yeah, yeah, that's, uh, yeah that, that is a new one in iOS 7. Right. Um, where if you are, um, if you can only use one switch, you know, you can only sort of push one switch to, to mm-hmm. make things do stuff, then they have to go even further in this direction of, of, of taking you out of the, the, the sighted controls, the normal controls, and, and get to the point where, you know, it's, it's constantly scanning the, uh, the, the, the elements in your UI. So instead of swiping right and left to get to the elements, it just keeps scanning. And then, you know, you hear what these things are, and then you press the switch to make it stop at a particular point, and then you see some, some uh, uh, things to do for that item. And, you know, again, it's very useful, um, and it shows, you know, again, since you can add more functionality to this in terms of using it, you can really, you know, extend that to, to really to really a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, I have not taken the time, unfortunately, today to look into how that hooks into the accessibility APIs, but what I, what I figure is that it can use all of that same metadata for that, too. Sure. Um, in addition to using the regular voiceover. And, you know, other stuff as well, you know, again, this... It's really nice to have all that metadata available for, to you. And again, even and even with that, you still need to know where it is on the screen because it's it's you know it's going through them kind of in order. Mm-hmm. So it all it all kind of makes sense. It's all pretty neat. Um, okay, where was I? Okay, the, another thing I saw some some weird bugs. You know, even just working on it for a couple months, I've seen some weird bugs. And I have some uh, Open Radar links that I'll put in the show notes for this stuff. Um, one of them is there's, there's there's one weird thing where if you override it's like five different things you have to do to make this happen, but it, it does happen. If you override the container APIs, so you say, oh, instead of relying on the UI view to give me this list of, of uh, contained elements, I'm going to do it myself, and you're in a table, and you've got like an, uh, uh, an element all the way over to the right in the table view cell, mm-hmm. and then you keep swiping from left to right to keep going, go, 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 the, the cell scrolls over. Hmm. Right? It's like the weirdest thing. I was like, why the heck is it doing this? And, you know, I, tr- I played around with it. I found, oh, okay, if you don't have an element over to the right, then it doesn't happen. If you don't use the, the if you don't override the, uh, you know, the element count, then it doesn't happen. Mm. Um, but, you know, it's a weird case. So, I, you know, that's written up. I have a sample project for that. The reason that, that um, I wasn't using the standard count and uh, index at whatever methods was because... It was actually, there was this one case where I was finding that the cells were showing up as, as elements in, in the UI elements when I didn't want them to. I had turned off, you know, the, the, the element is, is accessibility element, but they were still showing up. And they had this weird title that didn't seem to correspond to anything that was, that was, that was subviews of the cell. What, well, what the heck is going on? So it turns out that the other weird bug that I found was... Uh, if you subclass UI table you cell and you add a property, which is a string to it, even if you don't tell accessibility to, to make this an, an element, it will make it an element and it will use a title that consists of all of your string properties of your cell subclass concatenated together. Well, <laughs> and I was trying to, you know, looking through the documentation, like, hey, you know, is this deliberate? It, it would have to be deliberate, right? You wouldn't, you know, oh, hey, you know, we... I made a typo and suddenly it was doing this. Now that's weird. So that was another weird, weird bit. So that, you know, there are bugs in this system. Um, 
and uh, I would be curious when, when those might get fixed. Another thing I noticed is if um, going through voiceover, the, the, the uh, focus ring doesn't always immediately snap to the current item. Mm -hmm. um, it, it's, it's pretty obvious that it's something, it's, it, it's a system that, that is not, uh, uh, is not you know, integrated into the UI such that it always happens right away. It's a system which kind of scans your UI after it's shown up. That's my impression of how voiceover works. So it's always going to lag a little bit behind. And mm. that's also interesting, you know. Did they need to do it that way? Is that just sort of the easiest way for them to do it? Um, uh, another thing was, let's see. I, I kept hearing when iOS 7 came out that there were new gestures that had been added to iOS 7 that interfered with custom voiceover gestures, like gestures you would use during voiceover in your app. And, uh, but I, I couldn't find anything about that today. Uh, so I'm going to keep looking for that. You know, and that's something that's going to happen, right? If they keep adding gestures to iOS, eventually they might conflict with things that you want to do. But, um, but I, you know, voiceover is an especially constrained environment where you can't just do whatever you want. You've got to sort of go make everything work with this special interface. And I could see that being a problem, but, but I, it's too bad I couldn't find out what's going on with mm -hmm. Uh, let's see. And I guess the last thing was, uh, just a little note. I I'm curious if any, um, sort of hardcore games have attempted to provide a fully accessible interface. That's actually one that when you were talking about how you didn't like the kind of like the parallel implementation, it was like the first thing that sprung to mind was games. And then I realized, well, actually, I don't really know how many games actually make sense if you are, have a visual impairment or you have some sort of physical impairment. A lot of these are kind of Twitch games and, you know, things being shot at you or whatever. Um, right. So, yeah, I, I mean, I'm sure there are games that could be made to work, but probably you have to target specific impairments. Right, and, and so you have to think, you know, is it going to be as fun if you're trying to play a, you know, a, a shoot 'em up game where mm -hmm. it's all audio? And so you're basically not playing the same game anymore right, right. Uh, people. I would think it would be easier with more casual games um, uh, so you know of course tic-tac-toe you should be able to sure do it and it also might be that <clears throat> like you know there's the swipe left and swipe right but there's also you know someone who is blind can still uh, uh, put their finger over the interface and get a sense of where things are by having it say you know hey here's a thing mm -hmm. under your finger so like a tic-tac-toe board you know they might be able to you know, slide their finger over the board and see where all the pieces are mm, just because it says it. And actually that's not my idea. I think I did see that in an earlier, uh, accessibility, uh, uh WWC session. It wasn't the 2013 one or well, maybe it, maybe it was, well, it was another one. There was an earlier one where they had like sort of a, a dungeon crawl, mm -hmm. uh, a game, it was, you know, obviously a little silly, but it was, it was, it showed you what you could do with this. Uh, and I, so I believe that's also a capability you have with this, but I didn't look into it, and I should look into it. Um, but for things where they have to go quickly, I think I think actually the time is the more important element, where you have to react really quickly to something. Sure. Then it makes less sense for you to attempt to describe it all in that very quick amount of time. Like, uh, <laughs> show my ignorance here. Like Bejeweled, I've never mm -hmm. actually played it, but I think I've seen people play it where you know the jewels kind of show up and you have to react very quickly to them to make it all happen and again that might be one thing where you can't do so much with it but you know like chess or, or you know checkers or tic-tac-toe or anything like that as long as it's something where it's turn by turn based 
I would think you'd be able to do it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, again, that might be the kind of thing where, you know, it's really useful to not have something that's view-based because maybe you don't even have a regular view. Maybe you've, it's all inside of a, um, what do you call it? Like a, uh, a graphics, you know. Like OpenGL or whatever? OpenGL, yeah. Yeah. Um, but, you know, even that, it's inside of a view. I don't know. Anyway. Yeah. So we'll see how that works. Oh, well, then, do you yeah. know if you get notifications as voiceover is reading stuff and when it ends? Because then you could subtract that time from the Twitch time. Uh, no, I don't. I don't think you do. Actually, it's the voiceover APIs are really pretty, pretty yeah. bare bones. Yeah, they don't want to give you very much because they want to be able to switch the application <laughs> right. at will and advance it, and they don't want to lock you in. Yeah, right. Because it's not really just voiceover. I mean, there's accessibility mm-hmm. APIs for a bunch of different ways ways to do things. Um, and I also, you know, I, I would be curious. You know, in some ways, this is more about the mindsets of the developers than about what's technically possible. I mean, everything's technically possible if you if you put your mind to it. Uh, not really true, but you know, a lot more things are technically possible than are are practical to do. So, um, you know, has Apple found that there are a lot of game developers just coming to them and saying, "No, we want these 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 features with accessibility, so we can support it." Or is it just pulling teeth to get game developers to to do anything that Apple right. asks them to do at all? I hope we not. Yeah, even code in Objective C. So that's my other question for you. It sounds like these the UI accessibility stuff. Is for the accessibility stuff for iOS is all Objective C. There is no C API for this. Um, there, that's a good question. Um, oh, so I did not see anything. Of course, mm-hmm. this was I was looking in UI Kit, mm-hmm. so of course that's going to be Objective C based. Um, there are some of the the functionality that's in there, um, like you can you can call something to say refresh yourself. Um, so if you animate to a new view, you know, you need to be able to tell voiceover, well, now, you know, tell the user about the new controls that are there for the user. And what it does then is it, it, uh, it takes the first control and says what it is, right? And puts the focus ring around that, that new control. So you could say, you know, refresh. And that's a function, if I remember correctly. Mm-hmm. Um, so it might be that, that some of these functions are, are available. But on the other hand, um, you know, does, 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 uh, you know, what else would you do? Um, you know, Apple does pretty much require you that you put your stuff in, in, in Cocoa. Um, right. If you can do things in scripting languages, you do them by uh, using a bridge to the Cocoa elements. Like, it's not like there's a carbon. There. Right. So did you have something specific point. in mind? Yeah, the, um, on the Mac, it's, the APIs are, um, the foundational APIs are C-based, and much to the detriment, it's, they're pretty... Hard to use, and they're not. I wouldn't say even they're hard to use. That it is verbose, like all CPAs are. But they also, um, when you were talking about the bugs you're running into um, for the iOS accessibility on on the Mac, it's so much worse. The the accessibility on on Mac OS X is just it has serious issues if you use it in serious ways. Uh, If you're an app. Uh, as trying to vent stuff, you're probably going to do okay. But if you're actually trying to use accessibility to control the applications, you're in a world of hurt. Oh yeah. Well, now the the um, the APIs to do unit testing on iOS mm-hmm. do seem to be accessibility based, right. if I remember correctly. Mm-hmm. And there, you know, there are good things and bad things with that. You know, one of the things about um, the accessibility APIs, for example, is that there's no support for there's no built-in support for animations for example and you know of course animations are very visual um 
But you know, when you animate from one thing to another, you've got to catch up afterwards. You know, you've got to say, okay, now now rescan the whole UI and do that thing with it. It's it's you would have to do a lot of extra work to be able to say to the user, now we're animating from X to Y, right? Whereas that's actually a big part of, of most people's applications is that is that uh, animation, uh, 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 you know, the, the visual feedback you get from the animations and all that is gone mm-hmm. in, in uh, voiceover-based or probably switch-based applications. So it's interesting. I would, you know, I've heard testimonials from people who say, you know, this has definitely helped them to have accessibility support on iOS, um, I would be curious, you know, and, and of course those testimonials, they don't tend to go into, oh, but I didn't like these three things, you know. So, <laughs> you know, we kind of, it would be interesting to hear from someone who's maybe sort of minded like us, more sort of complaint minded mm-hmm. um, about, you know, what they find to be good and bad about about this stuff. So that's out there uh, and you're listening. And it's also it's also kind of nice actually with, with podcasts, you know, when most people kind of complain about podcasts being, you know, hey, I could read this so much faster than I can listen to it. Mm-hmm. But you know, the nice thing about podcasts is they are going to be accessible to, to people with uh, with uh, who are blind or yeah, it's actually kind of the inversion, right? Because yeah. um, there's like that long-standing problem with like uh, transcriptions, and so I guess for uh, deaf people, it's it's it's, uh, it's, tougher, it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's you know it's, it's a black hole. But for the visually impaired, it's perfect. So, yeah. yep. so anything else? Uh, that does it for me. Alrighty, so we'll see you next time. uses of UI button. Buttons. Back. Back button. Buttons. Heading. UI button. Background image. Gray. Button. Buttons view control. UI button. Heading. Button with image. Right pointing arrow. Button. Right pointing arrow.